Bump and Run with Bernie and Dalby. Presented by Burrito Express, your local burrito joint. Now, here's Brett Bernheisel and Steve Dalby. All right. Well, our sign company came through again. It's unbelievable what they did this week. I mean, we've had these exotic signs the last couple of weeks. And uh, this week, they have come up with uh, the eight ball. Show eight. We've made it to show eight, Dolby, which is incredible. And uh, I just want to count my blessings every day that we've made it this far. Well, and last week, people have asked me when we started last week's show, why were you laughing at the beginning of the show? And then you made me laugh, and I looked like the idiot. Why were you laughing? Um, I was looking at the, the dog behind you and started laughing. The dog on the bicycle. I see. But yeah, uh, I know what I know what it is. But yeah, and everybody's yeah. like, "Why did you start laughing?" And I just started laughing because you started laughing. <clears throat> when I've watched it, because I watched this thing like fifty-five times to just criticize myself every single time that I was like yeah. in, embarrassed. Uh, How does he pedal right. the bicycle? <laughs> I have three pug. I have two pugs and a puggle, and I'm watching one of them right now outside my window and. It's quite interesting, but I really don't know how they get on the bike to begin with. I think okay. somebody, I think a human being has to put them on the bike and then go from there. I, I don't know, Schubert, to be honest with you. All right, well, Schubert joined in early this week. All right, let's yeah, just get so right to it, Dolby. What, what, what a day of what a day of golf! What a I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record in saying that was as enjoyable of a playoff as I've seen in maybe ever. Uh, it's six holes. Patty Ice. I like that name too, Patty Ice, because that that is his that is his name because he doesn't show any emotion. And I was actually thinking to myself, if he was playing in a golf tournament and it was during during a comedy show, the funniest person you've ever heard, would you do you think that Cantley would ever break and broke a smile or, or enjoyed any of it? Or is because I've never seen anybody that focused in my entire life. He shows zero, and I mean zero emotion. Yeah, and I think there's there are golfers like that that kind of go into a zone, but he certainly goes into a a, a zone that most don't. Um, it was a very concentrated effort, though, in the playoff by both. I think, um, and I don't know. There were, you know, Bryson on the 14th hole decided to. I think he saw Cantley move a little bit, and 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 turned and said, "Patrick, will you stop moving?" I don't know, but I, I it, there certainly wasn't much discussion between the two of them not a lot of chit chat and even at the end of the regulation you saw the handshake it was the quickest handshake only um it was quicker after the the playoff you know it was it was just boom boom done no congratulations no good shots nothing like that which i both guys were very very focused but um certainly maybe that had a little something to do with it when so cantley makes this bomb on 18 well, he made bombs all day. I mean, it was great to watch. I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I had stuff going on, but I when I when I turned it when I turned it on on eighteen, and Cantley made the twenty five footer to to get into the playoff, and then the stuff that you watched in the playoff with 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 DeChambeau missing the same putt. I'm telling you, it was the same putt he missed the other day to shoot fifty nine that he missed in the playoff today, and he and he stood there on the green and he looked at it like you know. How does this not go to the right? You know, did he? And, and it, 
And then, then he lipped out on the 17. Then he hits it in the water on the third or fourth playoff hole and, and then hits a wedge from like, I don't know, 240. I'm lying, but 190 or 180 to, you know, eight, nine feet and cans that to, to move it on. And then I think, I think one of the best moments in the playoff, and I was rooting for Canley, I'll be honest, the best moment in the playoff when they're on 17 and Bryson got up there and hit this wedge to, I don't know, six feet, maybe seven feet. I haven't looked at it officially. And then Cantley, who, who's not short, he's not a short hitter, has to hit eight iron, and he hits this little feather-cut eight iron to about, I don't know, two, two and a half feet. And then Bryson knocks it in, and then Cantley knocks it in. I thought, I thought that, that was, the, I thought that was one of my favorite playoff holes I've ever seen, just because Bryson put all the heat on him, and then Cantley just jammed it up his ass there with that hit it to two feet. Yeah, and, and it, it was it was the back and forth, and we've had some long playoffs, um, multiple hole playoffs this season, uh, which has been fun. Um, it's it's fun when a playoff goes six holes like today or seven holes i think was it seven holes that harris english won he was he did he win on the seventh yeah. or i think that's and, and seven, so i think yeah so those are fun um but even going back to regulation it, it there still seems to be a little bit of short game now bryson i looked at his stats he he, he had strokes gained he was above the field um for the week but there was a chip shot he had on 17 in regulation, kind of fairly in the rough, but a fairly easy chip shot. Kind of fluffed it, um, and and let Cantley, you know, hit it in the hit it in the water and still tie the hole with bogeys. Um, Bryson missed a bunch of putts to win. He had putts to win, you know, like you say, he had the six footer or the eight eight footer, but it and it, and Paul Azinger, who. My wife has now said that when Paul Azinger is on, she's going to go to mute. But Paul Azinger, um, Paul Azinger, he said he's missing everything left except this one. He missed to the right. It was, you know, it was ridiculous. Um, but, but I think Bryson, there's still some short game stuff that's going on under pressure. And it started at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines the last day where he was thin and chip shots over the green and, and making big numbers on that last nine when he had a chance to win. It seems that there's something going on. Now, technically, a guy like Bryson, you would think he's explored every short game technique that there is. So, but but he's not hitting great short game shots all the time. And certainly the putter, and like I said, he shot 27 under for four days. Now that golf course was soft and it was pretty easy, but he shot 27 under for four days. So he's making putts. He's doing good things, but there, there's something going on where under pressure, it's not quite there. When you talk about easy, the first hole's drivable. I mean, but, and everybody, everybody in the field laid up today, except for him, he went for it. So as from a coaching standpoint, and I don't, I've never asked you this question, even outside of doing a show with you, do you watch swings? Do you watch techniques of players? When you're watching on TV and 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 like analyze what they're doing, into where if somebody ever came up to you and if like if hypothetically if Bryson DeChambeau came up to you and said, "Hey Steve, I, I want your help on chipping," do you look at stuff like that? I, I look at everything, and I will look at today. Obviously, you're watching the playoff. Bryson tapped his driver 
19 times his last drive on 18 in the playoff. You know, he puts it up, he puts it down, he does all this, and he's tap, 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 tap. 19 times I counted. Um, I might have missed one because he does it kind of fast. But the thing about that that I was saying to, to Amy and, and, and Matthew, my, my younger son Matthew, is Bryson – Sometimes he says things that he it just doesn't come out good. And I know I like Bryson. I really do. I think as as I've told you before, he's the mad scientist, but he's this still this little kid, but he's like sometimes he's that dumb smart guy that says things that he just doesn't need to say. If he becomes a villain, you know, if he becomes somebody that maybe the the crowd wants to get after, they're going to start counting those taps. And it's going to drive him crazy because he does hear everything. Remember Sergio Garcia a few years ago with the Waggles? Uh -huh. He taps the club 19 times before he hits a shot on uh, his hit. It is driving 18. So it's kind of like uh, Giannis from the Bucks. We talked about this, you know, last week when you ripped me to shreds and got all pissed off at me. It's like young free throws. Ah, you were you were you were hot. No, no big deal. Everybody loved it. They love the hot side of you. Um, they count how many <laughs> dribbles that he that he does before he shoots a free throw. So you're right. If he becomes the villain, it's like today when 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 somebody from the crowd and, and I totally hold on. I totally disagree with a fan yelling in somebody's backswing, whether it's somebody you hate, like, doesn't matter. It's 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 not right, and in my opinion, that person should immediately be removed from the golf tournament, taken away or whatever, because I was thinking to myself, okay, so he's got to back off this shot because this circus clown over here yelled in his backswing. In your, in, in his, and in my mind, if it was me, as I'm approaching to hit the shot, I'm, think, I'm thinking the same thing. It's going to happen again, and it didn't, and Bryson pulled it off a couple of times, which was – I gave him credit for that. I mean, because me as a player or, you know, and I'm a shitty amateur player, but I would always be thinking, oh, the same person's going to yell again and it's going to happen all over again. Yeah, no, and then you 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 would have to think and, and obviously he hears stuff. He does, and he sees things. Sure. Um, because he plays at a level and in his mind, he has to have every detail figured out. You know, that's the mad scientist, right? But you've got to learn to also have that tunnel vision. And like you're talking about the tunnel vision that you saw in Patrick Cantley today. Um, but it's, I just hope that that doesn't happen. But, you know, you asked, do I look at swings? I look at golf swings. I look at everybody's golf swing. I, you know, I, that's my job. I look at golf swings. But for me to notice watching him for, you know, an hour and a half today um, that, tap, 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 you know, and, and, and that's, you don't know that he taps at the same amount every time. So if you're, if you're his coach, if you're Chris Como, you know, you tapped it 16 times, then you tapped it 19 times, you know, what, what, what are we doing here? So I hope that doesn't happen. I like Bryson DeChambeau. I do. Um, I think he's good for the game and I hope um, that he doesn't become the bad guy, but I'm just saying it could happen. And, you know, you've got this little feud with, with Kepka. Bryson, I think, I think Bryson, and this is just me, my opinion. I don't know him very well, sure. but he's always been nice to me. He says hello. Um, he's very polite, um, respectful. Um, 
Brooks Kepka, he's kind of a jackass. So, you know, but it seems like people could kind of think, oh, Kepka's got it right here and Bryson's the bad guy. I just hope that doesn't happen. Has DeChambeau, is he, I mean, okay, so him, definitely DeChambeau and Kepka aren't going to play together in the, in the Ryder Cup. Does DeChambeau now not playing with Cantley, probably for sure in the Ryder Cup? I mean, is there a point where, and this is stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, is he playing one on two against the Europeans because nobody wants to play with the guy down the road? I mean, is he becoming like, or, or do you just, do you put DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, who's 30th right now, going, he's going to the uh, the finals if he's, if he's healthy enough. Do you oh, put yeah. those two together? And you put those two guys together and just be like, all right, everybody hates you. Not everybody hates DeChambeau, but people dislike you. Do you put them together and just say, all right, just go beat the world? Yeah, I think that, and I think Steve Stricker will do a good job of this. He's He's been a vice captain a couple times. He's, you know, he's been in Ryder Cups. I think you put the Ryder Cup above individual personalities now, you know, yeah, you don't pair Bryson and Kepka together, but I think Stricker may have already had a chat with them about, hey, we need to get above this. Um, but I think I would look at, you know, there's got, there's got to be some personalities on that team, and we don't know the team yet, but there's personalities on that team that, um, that are going to be fine playing with whoever, um, you know, to me, as far as Bryson hits it, um, you put him and as as straight as he drives it. Now, you know, do you put a great wedge player with him? Do you put Kevin Kisner? Do you put Jordan Spieth? Do you you know? Do you put somebody that's a real good wedge player with him to take advantage of his length? Um, that would be that would be what I would I would think. I'd be looking more, and hopefully this is the case. Um, but there's times, you know, who was it? Hal Sutton, when he was the captain, he put Tiger and, and Phil together, and it was terrible. You know, it was a terrible decision. They lost everything. But, but hopefully Strick can get the personalities away for a week and let's go play for country. And, you, you know, when you talk about playing for country, um, you know, today, this morning was a hard morning. Um, when, when, when we're bringing back 13 men and women who have died serving our country. So, you know, the 11 flew into Dover Air Force Base this morning in Delaware. These, their ages 20 to 31, these 13 servicemen that protect our country. If, if they can do that, if they can sacrifice that and, and put politics aside, Politics aside, whether you're on the right or whether you're on the left, today is a day to honor those those kids and to to you know to to wish their families well. If they can serve our country, why the hell can't the Ryder Cup team put personality away and go win this damn thing? Well said, my friend. I'm choked up right now, so just give me give me a second. Just on yeah. give me one like on a second. And Bernie, um, Bernie, you don't know you don't know this, but my father and I'm an only child. My father was in the army for 22 years. He served in two wars. He was in the Korean War. That's where he met my mom. He was in the Vietnam War. He was in intelligence, and I've talked to him a little bit about what he thinks in Afghanistan. And I'm not gonna. 
we're not going to get political, but I've got his opinion. And, and growing up, if it wouldn't have been that I sort of could play golf, I probably would have been in the military. So when I say it was a tough morning today, that, you know, that was, that was tough to watch. Yeah, it was uh, great. That's, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know what? We've <laughs> as many years as we've either done live radio or podcasts or things like that. That is the first time that you've really ever opened up. And I, I'm I know it's a golf podcast and people are listening, but I, that was that was well done, sir. Well, well, well done. Yeah, I thought. Um, uh, go ahead. It's your moment. no, and that's ahead, where you know Ryder right, Cup. These guys, you know, it's an honor to play in the Ryder Cup. So let's not let's not worry about personalities and who likes who, uh, especially today. You, you know, that's that's the big that's the big thing. If we go back to golf, I'll go back to golf. <laughs> um, I've spent no. some time. We've talked about we've talked about Bryson a lot. I've spent a little bit of time with Patrick Cantley, and you say he's kind of very stoic. Um, Troy played. We were over at Riviera. And Troy played um, a practice round with Patrick Cantley. Um, I don't know Tuesday, Tuesday of the of, of Riviera, sure. The Genesis, and so it was interesting because he played for UCLA. I had two kids go to UCLA. He ended up transferring, played for the same coach. So um, after a little while, I I asked him a little bit about his experience at UCLA and 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 you know how things went there. Obviously, they went better than than the two kids that I had go over there for a year. Uh, but he was very cordial. He is. I, I. It took probably six or seven holes before I kind of went up and talked to him. But when I did, very cordial. Had some good conversation about things. And um, you know, I think he's a he's a really he is a good guy. Um, you talk about him. Does he ever smile? He had a big smile on his. He actually smiled. I think after he made the putt to get into the playoff, there was a little smirk. And then he also, um, big smile after, after he won, obviously. And, and, you know, was, was, uh, kind of congratulating the crowd, you know, clapping for the crowd. And, and, and that was kind of cool. So I was happy for him. Very, very talented player. Um, didn't play great probably to his standards some of this season, but, um, He's in a great position now going into into uh, next week. He gets he gets a little bit of a lead, right? Yeah, he's well, it's his it's his fifth win on tour, third this year. I mean, <laughs> and going back and I'm and I'm piggybacking on you right now. I mean, his his best friend, his best friend died in his arms. His caddy, his it was his best friend died in his arms in a tragic accident years ago in California and it ruined him. And he even said he's dedicating, you know, he said this years ago and I'm sure it's the same. He's dedicating, you know, his golf career around his best friend who got hit by, I don't know if it was a drunk driver or just what, I don't know the whole story and I'm not gonna try to fig, you know, tell you that I do, but he got hit by a car and he died in Patrick's arms. And I mean, I, I've always liked Cantley because he's, and I was rooting for him all day today. It, it didn't financially didn't matter. I mean, cause, but whatever, but he, I was rooting for him because <laughs> I like the guy. I, I, I like the guy and I like the way he just, he, he takes what's in front of him and he figures it out. And, you know, DeChambeau, when DeChambeau got the two shot lead, I mean, Cantley started off hot, 
Then DeChambeau came back and did all this and all that. And then he, for a guy to make a 20-something footer on the last hole, knowing you have to make, and he just, and it was, he absolutely poured it in. I mean, he poured it in, you know, and then DeChambeau, you know, has the, you know, uh, misread, you know, misread the putt again or pulled it, whatever he might have happened. And then he, and then he just shoved it up his ass on the, on the sixth playoff hole when DeChambeau hit it in there about seven feet. And he's got 20 feet. And Roger Malpe says, I'll be honest with you guys, Cantley has the easier putt, even though it's 13 feet longer or 12 feet longer. And he just jammed mm-hmm. it in. And that's – and I said to myself, this guy – and we've and I, and I change my mind every week on the show, who the best player is, who's this, who's that. This guy – I would take this guy right now in a fight. If, if, I'm, if I'm getting in a brawl right now and, I, and there's a couple of guys – I, I, yeah, you're with me. I'm, I'm going. I'm going into the bunker with this guy, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know there was the comparison today of of the way they played. Obviously, Bryson, this massive power, like you said, Cantley hits it pretty far. Um, let's check out his driving distance for the week. Uh, now it was a soft golf course, but week's average three eleven point four. So you know he hits it long. Um, it's just today when you're playing with someone that averaged 345 for the week, it looks shorter. But he's an all-around player. Um, as you said, there is the story, and I forgot. Thanks for reminding me of, of the story of his life. Um, but, but yeah, he's a guy you want to root for and, and, you know, just a solid player. And, you know, I say he probably didn't play very like he wanted to part of the season, but yet, you know, you're telling me he won three times. So it's it's uh, it's he's a solid player and is going to – I think win a lot, a lot. K.H. Lee finished 31st. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. He, he comes to the last hole needing par and hits his second shot in the, I mean, well, I guess my wife's home because the dogs are going nuts, so sorry for that. He hits this second shot into the, into the crowd and has to take this drop because it's a – it's because uh, um, he, he, he hit it in the stands or whatever. Here is a PGA Tour pro that doesn't know that he his ball actually is in, a, is, is in a penalty area. He doesn't know he can ground his club. You can ground your club now in a hazard, in a penalty area. You can ground your club. Yep. And yet he, he didn't and ended up hitting it fat, ended up making bogey. Not that he was going to get up and down. Who knows where, if he was going to get up and down or not because of this. But how does a fucking tour pro not know that you can ground your club in a penalty area? Dolby, tell me this. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Um, that has been a rule that's been around for just a little bit, um, a little bit of time. And and he may have known and just decided, you know, it's still – now, I don't play much. You play a lot more than I do. But when I walk into a, a – you know, when I walk into a penalty area, it is a little weird to feel like I can put the club down. It's just to me, it's just a little weird. Um, and I sometimes have kind of just barely put it put it in there. Um, but but yeah, you would think you would know exactly. I'm sure he knew what he needed to do, make par, which probably was the reason he hit it 30 yards to the right on his second shot. Uh, but sure. yeah, you know the the and you look sometimes. The players, for the most part, know the rules, but they do rely so much on rules officials. And your dad would be great to talk about this because they're trying to, to make sure that they don't do anything wrong. But in this case, yeah, it's a, a situation where given that he needed to chip it in to, to, 
to move on to the tour championship, probably the best chance he had was to put that club down and, and really feel the ground. But, uh, you know, it was too bad. And you know, stuff happens, though. Stuff happens. And it goes fast. You know, things like that, it just happens fast. Let me bring up the FedEx here. Patrick yeah, Reed, so number he, 30. And had, had KH got up and down, Reed would have fell out, right? That was the... Correct. 100%. Yeah. He so, would have been 31. Yeah. And there were a couple... Damn it, of, KH ooh, Lee. Yeah, because you're not a Captain America fan. And... Um, now my thing. Does he make the Ryder Cup team? I'm going to ask you right now on on the spot. Does Patrick Reed make the Ryder Cup? Uh, I don't think so this year. I don't either. Yeah. I thought you were going to go a different direction. I thought we we're going to have a heated argument. No, I don't think so this year. And that's where you know, and I don't know what you know. I, I'm friends with S Steve Stricker, but we're not tight. I don't know what he's right. thinking. You know, we say hello and stuff. We've gone. We played junior golf together. But but I would think if I was Strick. That one, that might be one personality you want to leave off. Given the talent that you have on the PGA Tour, there's, uh, there's, and I'm sure he's trying to who can play with who and who do I want with this and and if Patrick Reed's in his mind somebody that he wants, you know he wants a ball striker and the you know the course fits maybe playing right to left, um, then maybe he will take him. But I think he's going to really, I think he'll do a hell of a job making his picks and, and making sure that it's not just, you know, whoever, that there's a strategy to those picks. It's, you know, it's not easy and to next, be a Ryder Cup captain. And, you know, and kudos to Phil Mickelson who came out uh, this week and said, you know, hey, I'll be a vice captain. I don't, I just want to be part of the team. And, and kudos to him because, you know, normally he's the guy that I want to play, 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 play. But kudos to him for right. doing that. But next week when we do this podcast next week, this is probably one thing that we're going to go over is we're going to discuss because I would like to discuss who you think should be on the team, who I think should be on the team and compare it to who Stricker will pick because his picks have to come out next a week from uh, Monday. Today's right. Sunday, in case anybody right. wants to know, we are taping this show on Monday. That I don't like to go through that and see how good how good we really are at like following the game of golf and 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 thinking. Because, but you're right. There's so much strategy that we're not a, a part of because putting two people together, you know, like Mike Morocco years ago, put you and I together. Who knew that we'd still be together? But right, right. Um, <laughs> and so you, I, I want to go through that next week. So I'm excited about that. Um, the Corn Ferry Tour. Second stage was uh, was this week. Um, Adam Swenson, who's already got his card on the uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, wins. And next week's going to be really. I I'm I don't know if I'm more excited about watching the Corn Ferry Tour finals next week or the Tour Championship. I mean, my, probably me watching the Corn Ferry Tour because I want to see guys get their job. And I mean, you, you look at a Scott Gutcheski, who I've known for forever since he. He was playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, Nike Tour, Hogan Tour, whatever you want to call it, back when I was out there. I mean, here's a guy now that's ninth on the on the on the points list. Who I think Dolby, if I'm not wrong, he's he's guaranteed his card, right? I mean, he's anybody he's in like actually, the top fourteen. I would you would think right about now, unless something weird happens. And and Scott's actually eighth. Um, he went from seventh to eighth. He was tied eighteenth this week, so he backed up a good week last week with a good week this week, um, he should be okay. He was, he should be okay. 
I would say people have to pass him. Yeah, so he should be good. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, you would think two thirds of the way, 25. So, you know, yeah, 16 people, 15, 16. I think if you're, you know, you're, you're Taylor Montgomery again, and we've talked about Taylor just because he's he was tied 18th. He was same as Scott this week, and he's 14th. I think he still needs to play good next week in Indiana just to make sure. But at 14th, you'd think he'd be okay. But um, the hard part is you do have these guys, good players, that, that like I've talked about, that if they just have a really good week, J.J. Spawn last week, you, you know, I don't even know right. if he played this week. He, I don't think he did. He probably was just done. Um, you know, you have those guys. So you have, you know, you have Sean O'Hare, who missed the cut this week, but feels like he's playing good. Um, you know, maybe he runs second next week and all of a sudden you get a few of those guys and it, and it changes things a, a lot. So, um, but yeah, I think you're, I think, yeah, I'm, uh, Scott's gotta be fine. Kachewski's gotta be fine at seven, but um, I think you're right. I would be more interested next week. I'll have my eyes on both, but I think I'm more interested in, the corn fairy finals and, and who gets their card because those are, you know, those are life-changing events for some of the guys in the tour championship. It, you know, it changes their schedule a little bit, but you know, I haven't looked at all 30 of the guys, but they're, you know, they're all pretty damn good players. So they don't have to worry about things as much as these guys playing next week for their life. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't, I mean, I, I'm going to watch 100% the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, I'm going to pay attention to the Tour Championship for sure because yeah. I've got to come back in, the, in our later segment of who you got because I'm not doing very well in it. But just so people understand, when the Tour Championship starts next week, um, they do it like a seeding thing, and it's 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 different. Like so, here's here's how it goes. So so when the when they to, when they when they play next week in Atlanta at East Lake. Patrick Cantley, before he tees off, will be 10 under par. And then Tony Finau will be 8 under par. Bryson will be 7. Rom, 6. Cam Smith, who was my pick this week, Meltdown Central, uh, 5 under par. <laughs> then you have Thomas, English, Answer, Spieth, Burns at 4 under. And then, like, the guys that, that barely, like, the guy that's 30th that starts the tournament at even par. So, basically, he's 10 shots back of Patrick Cantley before he even hits a, hits a shot. And I, I don't think anybody, and this is just my opinion, and I could be totally wrong. I don't think anybody lower than four under par, and that's the group of Thomas English, Answer, Spieth, and Burns, has a chance to win this thing. I don't think there's no way that that, that somebody at, at even par is going to win the Tour Championship. My opinion only, though. No, I, I think you're right, and and you know we kind of debated last week about oh you know should it be a uh, a cumulative thing over the the three tournaments, but by I guess the PGA Tour, you know, by giving Patrick Cantley ten shots, uh, what's Finau at? So Finau won last week. What, how many? Where, he starts. What's at, his... he, he starts. At, he, he starts at eight under. He's he's Cantley's ten. Finau's eight. Bryson seven. Rom six. Smith five, and then the rest. You know, and Finau was tied fifteenth, which you'd say. You know, this week you'd say that's a good week. So he had a great week. He has a good week. He he has a little extra chance 
to win the last game, which then makes you the the you know the 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 winner of the FedEx Cup. So I still I still kind of um, I think my 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 side of that argument last week even I didn't even think about you know giving them extra shots. So I think that that even furthers it. So you are rewarding guys for playing good uh, the first first two weeks. Have you been to East Lake, Bernie? I haven't. Haven't been to East Lake. Been to Indeed. Atlanta, but never been to East Lake. So, so I was just reading a little bit about East Lake. I've been there one time for the Tour Championship a few years ago with with Sean, um, and uh, it's just a the the I think one of the reasons that you might watch the Tour Championship next week is to watch this golf course. It also hosts the uh, there's that college uh, tournament in the fall that's at East yeah. Lake, the East Lake yeah. Cup. Um, but yeah. it's just a historic golf course. Did you know that when it started in the early 1900s, it was actually the Atlanta Athletic Club? It was actually the Atlanta Athletic Club for a number of years. And then the neighborhood, the neighborhood, which was, it's just east of downtown Atlanta. The neighborhood got a little bit shady. So the members of the Atlanta Athletic Club actually moved the golf they they bought land in in uh, in another area where Atlanta Athletic Club now is is you know where they where they've played U.S. Opens and PGAs. So there were just a group of people, and I think about 1968 that bought East Lake, trying to save it. Then there was another group of people, and they've tried to revitalize the neighborhood, and they've it's starting, and they've just got this great tribute to uh, Bob Jones, because that is, East Lake is where he learned to play golf. Now, I've been to Augusta. Have I ever told you this story? I've been to Augusta. So there's the Bob Jones connection there. Go ahead. So back in 1990, this is a this is a fantastic story, and I'll make it quick. This, I mean, this is a this is a beauty. So it's ninety. I'm caddying for Eeks, and I'm rooming with uh, a friend of mine, Cole Peterson, and he's caddying for a guy named Rich Beats, who played at ASU. And we're it's an off week, and we're in uh, South Carolina, and I think we're at a bar or something. And uh, well, I'm sure we were back then. And uh, Rich, who's a a tour player on the on the Hogan tour, Nike tour, whatever you want to call it, goes, let's go to Augusta. I said, okay, let's do it. He goes, I'll get us in. I'm a tour member. And I said, all right. So we're in Columbia, South Carolina. Yep. We get in the back of this Isuzu truck. That's it's, It fits two, but there's three of us in there with nine, nine bags and 14 cases of warm Budweiser. And we're off to uh, Augusta and we're, I'm in the back, of course, and uh, we're going down the freeway, highway, whatever, and one thing leads to another, get off here, go off here, get off here, and we arrive at Augusta National. Pull the truck up, guy at the gate, says, how can I help you? Guy goes, I'm Rich Beats, tour member, Hogan tour, just going to bring my friends here to take a look at the place. And the guy goes, absolutely, no problem, do me a favor. Drive the car up about 15 or 20 feet and make an a, a immediate U-turn and leave the property. So I have okay. been to Augusta. I have been to Augusta National. I have been on the grounds in a car in Zuzu 
But the guy told us immediately, yeah, go ahead and just drive right up here and make a quick U-turn. And that's mm -hmm. my Augusta National story. So you were on Washington Drive or Washington Road and turned in. Yes. Were you on, you were, yeah. yeah, so you were, well, you got to see Magnolia Lane. Uh, 15, 20 right. feet of it. And then just a yeah. quick one right back. Before, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm surprised the guy didn't have a gun, but yeah, I've been, I've been to it. So if people, you've been there cause you've coached players. You've had players that have played there. I've got friends mm -hmm. that have been, you know, uh, uh, attended the event, but yes, I have been there, but yeah, we did a quick, uh, you turn around the, uh, the deal. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it wasn't, uh, it, and one of these days I'll tell you my Payne Stewart story, which maybe next week or the week after, which is my, my favorite story ever outside of caddying was the, the day I got to hang out with Payne. But maybe I'll do that in a few weeks. Uh, Schubert, uh, where are you at? Uh, it's time for Who You Got. Who You Got sponsored by our good friends at Burrito Express. Because this this Who You Got has become... Oh, there he um, is. So uh, I will give a shout-out to our good friend oh. Chris Severson. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's time to pick, Dolby. I'll give a shout-out to our friend Chris yeah, Severson. I can find him. Who every time... Uh, shoe that you put this on the YouTube channel or Spotify, mm -hmm. Chris or uh, Chris Severson is the number the first person to watch our show. Wow. So he asked me the other day, "How does the scoring work for who you got?" And I said, "Okay, it's pretty simple. So there's only three of us. Yeah. So it's if you win the week, you get three points. If you finish second, you get two. If you finish third, you get one. Mm -hmm. Now, if you win the tournament with the guy you pick." you get an extra three points. Very nice. So hypothetically, so this is how it went. So after week one, you had six, Dalby had two, and I had one. Then we went to uh, um, we went to the week where you... I picked two players who didn't Didn't do very well. Yeah. But so, here's, so here's what happened, okay? In our rules that I've created, you actually that week, instead of getting one point, you got negative two. Really? Because you pick two players. Oh, if you oh. pick, yeah, if you if you pick a wow. player that doesn't play, you get a negative one. And that week, you got a negative two because so you picked Oosthuizen and then Reed. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. I mean, that's just, hey, listen, this yeah. is how it goes. Okay? It's fair. Okay. So after, so far in this beautiful, I mean, people following us are making so much money. Right now, Dalby leads with seven points. What? He, you have he doesn't six. know he's picking. He picks two seconds you have before six? the segment. Yeah, even if it's two seconds. And I have five because last week, Dalby had Justin Thomas, who finished, I don't know, 20-something, 14-under. You had Harris English at 13-under, and my beautiful pick of Cam Smith had 11-under. So right now, as we'll be going forward, Dalby has seven. You have six. You still have your six. It's the six that you, you got for picking Kevin Kisner. So you're still at that number, and I'm at five. So okay. with that, Dalby, you were the first pick this week. In who you got okay um i gotta make sure i okay i've got to pick somebody that's playing have it's, you have you named have you named your room have pick, you named your room no 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 okay um, week i get a big the, announcement on so the show. Yeah. last week last week i very much agree, disagreed with john rom's thought about the tour championship correct he wants it, you know, the yeah. points, whatever. He oh, goes in at number four. I am going to take John Rahm, no. even though I disagreed with him last week, to win the Tour Championship. 
He wasn't. Shoot, were you going to take him? Yeah, he was my pick, so he wasn't getting to you. I was taking him too. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't getting to you. Um, So let's just all take John Rom. (laughs) So okay, you guys were talking about this earlier. I think it's a it's a very good point that I can't. Hey, Bernie, Bernie, what's Rom starting at? Minus what? So I'm I'm spotting. He's he's four back. He's four back. Okay, he's four back. Well, shit. All right. See, that felt like the cutoff for me. Like, I didn't want to pick anybody belower than four off the lead. I didn't want to have that much. I don't blame you. So, that means I have to pick either Cantley, who's the the favorite, Tony Fina, who's coming off a win, and Bryson, who played well. I don't like any of these options. <laughs> I really don't. You know what? Who's you know what? Dalby picked this guy last week, and it goes against everything I just said because he's starting at four under. But give me Justin Thomas. I like it. Give me Justin Thomas. And he's All right. <clears throat> so, Rom. Okay, let's see here. Huh, let's see here. Uh, IQ of mine is probably about 80. You're just going to take a guy leading by. Yeah, you're going to take the leader. Yeah, you're going to take the leader. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll just take Patrick Cantley. I mean, why not? I mean, you guys, you left it open. I was going to pick Rom because I, I was for sure thought one of you was going to take Cantley and the other one was going to take Bryson. So I was all set to take Ron, but both of you trump me. So thanks for Cantley. I'll take him. All right. I'm, you know, I, I, it's so hard. It's so hard to win two weeks in a row. So that's kind of my thoughts. And then with Finau, Finau's won twice on tour. So he might be a little too close for number three. And I'll probably have to eat crow next week. But but that was my thought on that. Bernie, I had one question for you. So yeah. Bryson DeChambeau. Going into this thing at number three, you always said that you thought caddies should get a piece of the bonus money, correct? I do agree. How if do you think been, if, Tim? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you've been there the entire year, and I, I know where you're going to go with this, and I'll let you finish in a second. But yeah, because here's the reason why I think that is because. First of all, it's a, it, at the end of the year, and I'll never forget a, a story, and, and you can go back to you in a second, that Michael Allen, who played on the Champions Tour, and still does, but one year he had such a tremendous year that his accountant told him, listen, you're going to pay so much in taxes, you might as well drive over to your caddy's house, write him a check for $100,000 or $150,000, and have him write that, you know, and, and take you know the, the, the tax hit on that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my point, because... You know, these guys that win, you know, the $10 million or whatever, I mean, I don't know if it should be 10%, 5%, whatever it might be, but it's a bonus at the end of the year for what they've accomplished and earned because they're basically going to pay 50% of that back to the government anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And my question, that was just my first question. If you're Tim Tucker watching today and, and, and just watching this thing, do you think you could have just, Maybe caddied two more months, or do you, or or was it so bad that you just had to dump it? But if you you know what 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 are your thoughts on Tim Tucker? Well, I mean, let's. You let's think take he regrets caddying. the move or not? Well, let's just take caddying out of the equation. Let's just hold on for a second. What what if a, what if a, you know what if you have a day job and you're making let's just say. Two hundred thousand dollars, and your and your and which is a good living. It's a really good living, and you're pissed off at your GM or your regional boss or whatever, and and all of a sudden you're like, "Fuck this, I'm done, I'm out," and now you're 
now you're on the street look and, and, and you don't have another job okay let's let's go back to that you don't have another job and now you're on the street and you and you find something that you're like oh great i'm gonna do this for a living now and i'm making eighty thousand dollars or ninety thousand or seventy thousand yeah you regret it i mean everybody makes and, and 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 steve we don't know exactly how this transpired we don't know if if bryson fired him or if tucker quit him or if you know if tucker was i mean you don't know that but you have to put in you have to put in perspective you know, I'm making, in Tucker's case, $1.5 million a year, one point two, one whatever it might be. I mean, that's a great living. You do that for three or four years, you know, and if you're smart with your money and invest well, you could probably retire. So there's probably a point where, yeah, Tim Tucker's probably thinking, you know, I should have stuck this out because, you know, I don't know what Bryson made today. I haven't seen the official money, but let's just, let's just hypothetically say it's, you know, $1.3 million and he's getting 10% of that because that's what they get nowadays. That's $130,000. That's that's your mortgage, and you know, probably for a couple of years unless you live in, in Bel Air in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do bring up a, you do bring up a point where maybe, you know, maybe there was just so much that Bryson demanded and, and he'd had this run and maybe he was good. Maybe, maybe you're like you say, maybe he's good and he's, going to just go do his next thing. But uh, when I was watching Bryson today, I'm like, I wonder what Tim Tucker thinks about this. Do you think Tim Tucker was watching? I don't know. He might have been shuttling people around Bandon Dunes because I guess that's what his side job, he's trying to develop a company that shuttles people. Yeah. All right, Dolby. Uh, podcast eight as my earplug comes out. Podcast eight is uh, is in the books. Uh, plans for next week? When I know you're leaving, what for Napa in like three or four weeks? Yes, I am. On the thirteenth, Monday the thirteenth. So I'll be around next. Yeah, next week we'll be around, and we'll make it work that week. All right. What I'm excited right. about is uh, next week seeing seeing the 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 new debut of your room, the addition to your room. So. There's the tease for next, next show. Yeah, I do have a big announcement for next, and I am, and I actually <laughs> am playing in the in, in the Tuesday match this week. We didn't play this week because uh, I was doing some other stuff, and it was 106 degrees, and I'm not playing in 106 degrees. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too out of shape. I'm not doing that. All right, Dolby, thanks. Schubert, thanks. Sean Crespin, who I haven't heard from in months. Does he still part of this program? We'll find out. But Dolby, we'll talk next week, man. Have a good week. All right, hit him straight, everybody.